same things that I heard all these liberals speaking about when Trump was running in 2016 about dementia riddled, he's too weak, no way he can run a full uh, presidency. I'm now literally hearing the exact same thing from conservatives about Biden. Well, it's become acceptable. We've made it acceptable with decades of political rhetoric. I mean, you go back to... uh Democrats talking about George W. Bush and what an idiot he was supposed to be because he pronounced Mm -hmm. nuclear different or whatever, you know, like (laughs) saying a word the way half the country says the word because we're a big country with lots of dialects apparently makes you an idiot. And now, look, I'm not here to defend George W. Bush. I'm just saying that that's the level of political discourse we have allowed ourselves to move into. You're going to get a lot of what you give. We've spent decades giving that, and here we are getting it back. And we need to shift politics away from that because it's it's schoolyard bullshit. Right, right. Well, and one thing that would really help with the de-escalation, I think, between these you know partisan factions is just if we had something that we could unite against. Like if we were about to be invaded by aliens. Uh, welcome to normal people. I'm James Treacle <laughs> here in Austin, Texas. I'm Hans Jaeger here in Indianapolis. I'm Ben Grimes, also in Austin, Texas. And I'm Adam Bailey, likewise in Austin, Texas. So while we might not be uh, imminently invaded, uh, there's definitely some uh, some weird stuff going on in the skies. So at least there was a few years ago. Um, and th- what's odd about this being back in the news is that it's technically old news. Uh I, uh, I don't actually recall off the top of my head when this broke. I want to say it was 2017 or 2018. It we was should, 2017 when this broke originally. Wow. Uh, according here to a Forbes article that goes over mm. the timeline of it, 2017 was when these videos first showed up. Yeah, and this wasn't tabloid shit. This was in uh, Politico. This was in New York Times. So you had actual reporters doing actual journalism on this stuff. And, you know, there's been all kinds of... You know, uh, back and forth on the Internet, several people believe that they have, you know, proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is, in fact, a real spacecraft that you're seeing or some craft of some kind, if not from space, definitively. Uh, Or, you know, the other the flip side of that is the skeptics crowd who have convinced themselves also beyond the shadow of a doubt that what you're seeing is just an artifact of the imaging system. Uh, And it's you know, this is the the classic, you know, American Rorschach test of, you know, let's (laughs) let's look at. Uh, a blurry picture of something that's behaving in a way that uh, a flying machine should not be able to behave. And we all get to project our own priors onto it. It's kind of like (laughs) a national pastime, really. Um, But I love this shit. I fucking love aliens. I love UFOs. I've always been obsessed with it. Um, So let's just kind of go around the room and ask, like, do you believe? Do you believe uh, that it is something? And if so, what? I'll go ahead and take this first. Uh, no, I don't believe it is something. I think, uh, I can say this. I don't know if it is an alien or not. I'm not going to sit here and say that there is no such thing as aliens or that they're, that we're alone in the universe. I don't quite believe that is. The universe is a very big place with an infinite number of possibilities out there. So there's a good chance we're not alone. But is this suddenly proof that there are aliens? No. Not really. I just think Tom DeLonge has some very strange ideas and a lot of people want him to be right. So we've all kind of rallied around him now, I guess. (laughs) Ben, what do you think? Well, I agree with Hans in that it is a big, vast universe. Lots of possibilities. 
There could be aliens out there, and they could just be waiting to talk to us even now. And maybe the only reason that they haven't is because every time they just work up the courage to do it, we elect another game show host or some schmuck who plays the saxophone. And so, um, that's why we haven't made that contact. But no, I think, to answer that more seriously, um, I'm agnostic on aliens, I think. Um... I don't know if there's anything out there. I think uh, there's got to be somebody somewhere in the universe. Now, the question is, are they advanced enough to come visit or share anything with us? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, like, who knows? But um, there's definitely something going on. Uh, unidentified flying objects could be military hardware. It could be spacecraft. It could be any number of things. Uh, so that, at least, I'm convinced on. We know there's something going on. It's just a matter of figuring out the science behind the something. I think I'm similar boat to Ben and that I do think that like what we're seeing in these videos is something I don't I don't really buy that it's just like a glitch um, in the hardware that seems a little inconsistent with what's happening with it. And I feel like a glitch would, would maybe have some more telltale signs. Uh, I, jury's out on whether or not it's aliens just because... I mean, who knows what technology our military or other militaries have developed um, and what they would look like on uh, a sensor like this. Uh, if we're talking about the broader scope of aliens, I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. They exist in the universe, probably also somewhere else in our galaxy, just because it's huge. Um, but I think the idea of what an alien can be is very complicated. And so it's hard to tell how they would even behave towards us which is also why it's like hard to say that this absolutely wouldn't be an alien because wait, I, I just feel like an alien would actually have like an alien mindset and would be very hard to ascribe perfect human uh motivations to that i, I guess to to come in right off the bat here getting a little getting a little hot about the video uh here's kind of my thing so this is not the first time that there have been random things that government is testing or something like that that suddenly gets called a ufo because that it used to be that's anyways, very true the official classification of what they were and there's a million conspirators out there going oh it's aliens ufos and aliens i mean this happened with the self armor project i'm looking for the facts on when it was but i remember reading at some point the same thing the stealth bomb was being tested out at um area 51 at one point in time when it was flying it was seen as a ufo and was once also accused of being alien technology that now we know was just a very highly specialized military plane out there do i think it's a glitch in the camera system probably not it probably is some kind of craft some type, right. some type I, this, of aircraft. this is my problem with the, the glitch narrative right is that okay if it is a glitch the pentagon you would imagine would be competent enough with their own systems to have already in the you know let alone before this was leaked originally uh, you know, afterwards, come up with a sufficiently, you know, uh, plausible explanation for how this imaging artifact could be generated instead of you having to go to a YouTube video to get it. Because what does the government have to gain from you believing that this could, in fact, be a real flying object of some sort of unidentified origins and intentions? Well, <laughs> funny, you should ask why the government might want to, because this is the fun part, right? This is what's so great about UFOs is that it's choose your own adventure, right? Yeah. If it is if it is actually aliens, then 
that's got its own implications. But if it is a cover-up of a you know government program with some kind of secret flying machine, as we know, this kind of stuff has happened. I mean, hell, we've got all kinds of fun stuff, you know, that we have developed and that has been, you know, seen by the public in some fashion. And, you know, it is technically an unidentified flying object. So there's a reason why we chose that term. Well, I think specifically, too, the Air Force chose that term. Like, for all yeah. the, the cagey talk about, like, ah, oh, the government doesn't want us to know what's really out there. Like, the term UFO comes from the United States Air Force. It was coined in 1953 as a catch-all for any of the stuff that they couldn't explain. And it's stuff that's always kind of been out there. I guess when it comes to conspiracies and cover-ups, my philosophy is generally that, yes, there are secrets in the world, but generally speaking, everybody in charge is too stupid to really hold those secrets for long. It's just the way the world works. We're all human. We're all just here kind of getting by. Even those people we put on pedestals or even those people we kind of fear, sometimes with good reason. Um, nevertheless, it's hard to really cover something up and it's hard to really orchestrate this narrative, this vast narrative that uh, like uh, conspiracy theories are really just good fan fiction. And at the end of the day, um, I think the I think Air Force is about conspiracy as folks a lot of credit. Well, <laughs> calling it good fan fiction. That's you're giving those people a lot of credit. I don't know if you've been down this hey, rabbit I hole mean, before. Oh, dude, <laughs> your mileage oh, may vary. <laughs> Basically, there's there's a third, you know, option here. And this is a, a branch of the government is covering it up thing, which is that this is a distraction. Okay, this is my least favorite. Fuck this whole thing. Fuck this whole idea. I hate it. It's really annoying because it's it's so meaningless. It, it, it There's no exciting narrative possibilities that are ever tied up in the government's releasing these videos now or at least officially acknowledging them to be a distraction. A distraction from what? It's a 24-hour news cycle. We got confirmation that these videos were, in fact, captured by Navy pilots, just as, you know, the leaks had suggested, et cetera. Pentagon acknowledged them. OK, that's great. And then we had this whole cycle of like, wow, they're real. And then we all moved on. So we weren't exactly sufficiently distracted. If there was something that we were supposed to be looking away from, uh, such as, I don't know, government malfeasance or corruption or whatever. Well, that shit's in the news 24-7. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that, but I sure <laughs> have. And, you know, so that that would be a, a, a very woefully insufficient uh, sleight of hand if that's what they were attempting to do. So fuck that narrative. It's, it's boring. I, I disagree with it. I disavow. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, we, we want the cover-ups to be cooler than they are. Like, real government cover-ups are, like, whether or not the president knows what Clorox is. They, right. they don't look like, uh, you know, like, well, those alien videos from two years ago, yeah, they're legit. You know, like, there's no cover-up here. That's well, the difference. And I think, yeah. like, to your point with, like, cover-ups and, like, conspiracies and things like that, just kind of, like... The scale that it takes for some of these conspiracies to work over a period of time just doesn't make right. any sense. Like it was, I remember people considered it considered it a miracle that I think it was the team of like nine scientists that like recorded the chirp. I think from two black holes merging. I think it was them. There's a team of nine scientists and they sat on it for like a couple months without telling anybody else. And it was considered a miracle that there was no leaks out of a nine person right. team for that. Oh yeah. So there's, there's been this thing for a while where they talk about like 
it, I forgot what it was. Uh, I believe it was CEO who said it originally, but they were talking about like, you think all these big corporate conspiracies and government conspiracies happen. Try and run a 12 person meeting and get all 12 people on the same page. And then you tell me how it's possible that you could get 2000 people to all be on the same page with you. Be perfectly and coordinated and perfectly secret. Right. Because I'm going to be honest, I've ran enough meetings in my life to understand it's like herding cats. <laughs> like it's there. It's not going to happen. I, I just can't buy into the vast majority of government conspiracies. I suppose there probably are some out there. I'm sure there are some things we don't know about. There's a reason why classified information does exist. And But to the massive scale of, oh man, we made contact with aliens back in Roswell in the late 40s, and we've just been keeping it quiet ever since. Ah, uh, no. By, again, I go back to the new tested stealth bomber type technology that 90% chance that that's what this stuff is. It's probably some sort of drone, to be perfectly so, honest. Like, yeah. the most boring. I'm actually going to take a shot at that here, because I think that's not what's going on. It's entirely possible that somebody's military hardware, sure. I mean, it's it's not as sexy as some of the other possibilities. But, you know, like, hey, let's not rule anything out. I think it's maybe among the least likely. And the reason I believe that is, like, look, not to besmirch our fine aerospace engineers and the fantastic work they do, there are brilliant people out there who are responsible for a lot of cool innovation. But you know what our high-end military technology looks like? It's the F-35. And, oh, man, like, don't check the Amazon reviews for the F-35. <laughs> like, that is not a fantastic piece of hardware. But that's the bleeding edge of American military technology right now. And we're a little bit ahead of the curve um, against the rest of the world on that stuff still. So I just, I don't buy it. Now, it could be something like an atmospheric phenomenon that we don't understand yet. That that could be. Who knows? It could be. Yeah, but uh, even, maybe it's time travelers that don't have shitty fighter jets. I mean, who no, knows? No, no, no. <laughs> it's Japanese time travelers, and they've got like an oh, android yeah. who runs really fast. Yeah, and in the future, and, and like, like Japan is like the best country in the world. And you got to fuse the little rats the together and make like King Ghidorah, not the original one, but the oh, second man. one from the nineties. Yeah. Unironic endorsement. If you haven't seen the 90s Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, go out, rent that. Actually, no, fuck that. Buy it. Buy that movie. Buy that watch shit. It. Blind buy it. If you love giant monster movies, just blind buy it. <laughs> In the meantime, I, you're probably right, Ben. You know a lot more about this kind of stuff than I do. But I just mean, you know, again, like the F-117 got built at Skunk Works in secret for somewhat amount of time before it started getting tested. It's possible another military out there is building something in secret. I don't know. I'm not saying it's the only possibility. It's just the one that makes the most sense to me. You know, atmospheric phenomenon. Yeah, sure. That's possible. But we have a fairly good grasp on that stuff. Not a perfect grasp. There is plenty of unexplained things. Yeah, still happening. And, and like, I don't want to be too like, you know, it could be, it could be like, I don't want to completely rule it out. I'm just saying that given the players in the game right now and the kind of stuff we use, it's more mm -hmm. likely that's from Wakanda than it is from us. <laughs> first off, if Wakanda is real, man, I'm first one on the plane to go, go take a trip. Like, yeah. I don't care. COVID-19 be damned. I'm in. <laughs> Oh, God, I am so skeptical of that being an atmospheric phenomenon. Yeah. 
Because, uh, I mean, th- this is kind of like the classic story, right, that we have seen with, uh, you know, uh, Air Force and Navy pilots, you know, since the beginning of the kind of UFO, you know, era. So, you know, since like 1947, essentially. And that is that, you know, they they see something they can't explain. And these are people who are up in the air all the time, way more than the average Joe. They're highly trained. And, you know, then they report on what they see and then they immediately get, oh, you just saw a, a cloud. You saw one of those weather balloons. And it's like, you know, they do know what things look like, generally speaking. And it doesn't mean that there's never been mistaken identity because there certainly has been. I mean, you know, false reports are numerous for all kinds of stuff. Uh, that being said, I don't think that it's like, you know, it's not a very compelling uh debunk you know it's not a very compelling alternative explanation because it requires you to assume that the most highly trained people in this particular field are very specifically wrong about something that is highly unusual which doesn't seem plausible especially when you're you know capturing it on a thermal imaging you know uh device and then there is you know the fact that they're seeing it with their naked eye that's the thing too is that they're not just seeing this stuff on the camera. So that that is one of the reasons why I don't believe the glitch theory is that they actually saw something, right, that behaved in the way that then the video corroborates. So it would have to be something that they can both, you know, both the uh, the thermal imaging camera uh, can see and they can see and that behaves unusually and is so unusual that it causes them to, uh, to treat it as such. Um, and to even uh, temporarily engage it as a potential bogey. I mean, like they really reacted to this thing. So, you know, uh, I think it's it's definitely worth being open to the possibilities. That's generally that's my my point of view on this, you know. Uh, and I think that it's what's so wonderful about this very specific case is that it's one of the most compelling UFO video, you know, releases we've ever seen. And it does allow for much more intellectual credibility to the idea that it could actually be an otherworldly thing. Uh, And it doesn't mean that that's definitively the case, but it also means that it's a reasonable explanation, a much more reasonable explanation for some other earlier recorded instances of UFO phenomena. And I think that's pretty fucking cool. I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. Well, and I think over time we're going to appreciate it a little bit more. I mean, like, let's be honest, uh, the response has seemed a little bit muted lately, but we all know uh, America's going through some stuff right now. You know, like we're we're just, we got a lot on our minds. We got a lot on our plates. There's, there's stuff going on. But I think when we look back at this moment in time, this is kind of like that, like, man, you know, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with giant squids and like just ocean life and all that stuff. I thought it was really cool. Loved monster movies, loved um, all of that. And, um, you know, that, that old Disney... Um, yeah, I blame 20, the Disney 20,000 Leagues, 20, yeah, man. Ever that since giant I saw that. was so fucking awesome. Right? And I was just obsessed with, like, I gotta know as much about this creature as possible. Uh, and James Mason is fighting the squid, and it may <laughs> take his life, but it will not take his freedom under the waves. Yeah, so way into giant squids and then there was that moment where it's like 
Oh shit, we caught one on camera. Like here we go now, we can actually see one. It's not just washed up on a beast or dried out or pulled out of some whale's stomach. Like actual live video of one in the wild. Just wicked cool uh, watershed moment, at least if you're into that kind of thing. And I think that in a way, this is sort of that for the UFO enthusiasts out there that like, there's always been some stuff, but this is one of those big feather in your cap kind of, hey, you know what? Like, there's something going on. You may or may not be right about what that something is, but nevertheless, hey, here you go. There's something here. And that's pretty cool. I hope that when the world isn't on fire, we can take a moment to appreciate that a bit more. And I think we will. Uh, I, I mean, it's possible. I it's it's fun to theorize about this stuff, right? It's it's fun to essentially romanticize this kind of stuff and go, hey, maybe this is the watershed moment. Maybe this was the beginning of alien contact. I, and, and it's important to have some fun even when we're in strange times as we are, as you mentioned, Ben. But simultaneously, I have kind of a tough time going... I, I don't know. I just... I'm very skeptical that this is anything of really any note. I just, I don't see it. And, you know, maybe one day I'll eat those words, but as of now, eh, weather phenomenon, planes, I don't know. A million other things it could be. Lockheed Martin is back at it again with Skunk Works. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, I couldn't tell you. That's what it is. They're covering up how shitty the F-35 is with some other, right. like, hey, look at this. You know, that's... No, I'm, I'm sure, Hans, that it's just like the light of the moon refracted off some swamp gas. And if you'll just look at this little red light here. Right. Right. <laughs> okay, so here's here's something fun. Here's something fun, I think we all... Let's find what is your craziest theory about what this actually is. Oh, like, the theory that has no substantial evidence for it and has absolutely no backing. What, what do you all got? I've got you? it. Micro black hole. It's got the okay. accretion disks. It looks like it has some stuff coming out from the center. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be in orbit, possibly. It could be in the lower orbit there. It wouldn't necessarily just fall. I mean, I don't know. But there you go. That, that's sure. my, my sure. wild-ass theory that... There you go. I, I'll I'll buy a micro black hole. It's kind of like cool, that. Though. I like that. It's novel. I actually haven't heard that one yet. I like it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's almost like uh, like St. Elmo's fire in a way, but for like dark matter, you know, like some kind of <laughs> shit. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so going off that dark matter, Ben, I'm going with my craziest being CERN fucked up and actually really did create dark matter. They released it. They ejected it immediately from their laboratories. And this is what we got out of it. Oh, That's what I'm yeah, going. No, I we came it. in contact with dark matter touching <laughs> antimatter, if you will, touching real matter and this is what happened god of all the conspiracy theorists to be right it had to be the harp kids right just like here we go setting the atmosphere on fire with our radios right maybe the crazy guy that was concerned about cern taking over the world was right i'm just oh, saying you're talking about john teeter well no not john teeter specifically like that was that that's a whole different thing there is a there was an actual guy that snuck into cern to try to stop them and raved about how the future was a chocolatey hellhole and they had to stop them he was responsible for what they call the baguette incident um which is crumbs from a baguette okay. found its way into the collector <laughs> and they thought okay. that a bird yes. i've heard i've heard about this i've, I've heard about the baguette incident you've heard of a particle was... collider but have you heard of a crumb collider <laughs> oh man 
Okay. Uh, so Ben, I, I think you need to, you owe us your your uh, your, your crazy insane yeah. theory. Okay, off the wall. Here we go. Mm, let's get queued up for this voice. So, time travel. Okay. Here's the twist. Okay. From the past. We've been regressing. These are like ancient Mesopotamians <laughs> flying into the future to spare us from the fate that condemned them to the depths. Like Atlanteans or some shit. You know, like they're just flying out of the past. Or, or they want our precious future minerals and bodily fluids, and they're coming to steal that, and that's what this is about. Uh, look, all I'm saying is, we didn't see, like, the, the Pentagon didn't confirm this until we had 5G. What's up with that? Okay. What's going on with oh, that? Oh, damn. Okay. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. It's, it's all know, tied together. That's it. The 5G <laughs> is actually creating some kind of, like, temporal rift and allow right. these things through. Makes perfect so that, sense, man. That, no, but like but I think brings, to, to play this a little bit more seriously and like not as Gonzo, I think um, there's definitely a, a kind of a, a scouting element here. Like these things are light and fast; nobody can catch them. I um, I, I think about uh, like Star Trek Insurrection, you know, where like the Federation's spying mm. on that planet. Yeah, like maybe it's something like that where they're just kind of okay. poking in, you know, just kind of hey, how are the people sure. doing? Oh, they're still electing morons, but uh, all right. Well, also an advanced civilization may still be, like, trying to figure out how they can actually make first contact, because maybe they don't understand our culture, our language, a myriad of other things. Our planet might kill them because War of the Worlds, whatever. So this could just be, like, they need to gather a lot of information, and so that's why they're here, but not really doing much besides floating around. Right. This is something that um, generally I I, I think about the, you know, the... The UFO phenomenon versus like the kind of like abduction shit and all that crap is that I don't buy the idea of there being physical aliens coming to Earth. Why? Because you have to deal with the physics of space travel. It is incredibly expensive to throw an organic being into a piece of metal across the universe. That's really (laughs) fucking hard. But what's cheap and that we've been doing for a long time already is throwing pieces of metal out there with little computers in them to go right. collect shit for us so that way we don't have to leave the planet because it's a really, really, really expensive task to actually send people anywhere. And I think that would be true of, of an advanced civilization as well. And Ben, as you pointed out, you know, these things do kind of behave like they would, you know, be drones, but they, they don't act like drones that we're familiar with. They do seem rather wildly out of proportion with the current state of technology. <laughs> so with that in mind, if we kind of allow for that, you know, uh, those conditions that it's expensive to send organic beings, when you're seeing a UFO like this, you're seeing uh, the equivalent of what we're sending out. They are just sending out probes and they're just collecting data and they're sending it back. And by the time they get that data from wherever it is, their civilization, you know, is just going to be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Oh, look, other intelligent life. And that's that. They don't necessarily have a way of communicating with us directly. They, maybe they could send something else back out to say hello uh, for all the good it would accomplish. But maybe they are just not particularly interested in that. Maybe this is just just what they do. They just catalog life <laughs> elsewhere in the universe. They send out little probes. They go take a few pictures. They buzz a couple of the local pilots and then they fuck off. 
That's it. That's all they do. <laughs> or it, it so could basically, be like intergalactic pranksters. Like, Maybe that's uh, all. Really, just it's Sarah like it's this science. It's you. You can. It's science. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'm yes. in for intergalactic pranksters. I I'm down with that. The space poodles. It's like that thing where we were putting dogs in rocket ships, you know, to kind of test it um, out. Like that's what sure, it is. Sure. The erratic flight patterns. It all makes sense now. This is like their equivalent right. of like orangutans. It's like <laughs> cosmonauts sending dogs up into space. That's what's going on. That's it's like a it's. Actually actually not a sentient being there it's a it's a florfulgar which is like their equivalent of a cat on okay. xenon 9 or sure. whatever and sure. that's yeah. what's Cats going on kind of hybrid sure i, I see that, that. that sounds yeah, right. you know, yeah. well, well i so, mean that's, if that makes sense to you silicon based life forms then maybe <laughs> right but see but there's something i do want to go back to you had brought up the concept of basically time travelers from the past and here's my thought there now, imagine um, a specific race of people like the ancient Egyptians came forward. We're talking about people that truly believe you need to eat your own feces in order to stay alive because that needs to come back into you, but also possess the capability to travel forward. I want to know what they're coming for once they get here. Like, there is some major thing that they're after. I mean, you talked about her bodily fluids, man, but they might genuinely just be like, well, we clearly need to start sacrificing. Obviously, your sky is polluted. You haven't you haven't sacrificed enough to raw lately and just start chopping heads off. I want to see those pastimes. Time travelers. Ben, your comment. <laughs> no response. Point Hans Jaeger. Ha! All right. Well, no, I just honestly wasn't expecting to. Sorry, I had my mic muted while I was taking a sip of something here. I, I was not expecting for us to feel this as seriously, and I didn't have time to bullshit more about ancient Mesopotamia. So I'm going to have to put a pin in that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows what they want? Like, it could be... I, I don't think it's uh, necessarily anything to do with, like, validating, uh, you know, ancient beliefs. I mean, in that instance, they would be uh, they would be ahead of us a bit. So maybe they're not concerned with chopping heads off for Raw or something, which, I mean, also was not a thing as far as I'm aware. Don't want to offend anybody no. who still worships Raw here. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that wasn't the thing you did or do. And uh, if we're to entertain that idea seriously they'd be more advanced, you know? Like, that's always kind of been the fantasy, right? That Atlantis was actually, like, way ahead of us technologically. I like the concept that they aren't actually ahead of us. They just discovered something we didn't, and it's been lost to time. I think that's a fun concept. Well, Leonard Nimoy right. is a thousand years old, and they worship a crystal. It's in the movie, Hans. <laughs> my apologies clearly yeah, I have yeah, done the, my research uh, that was like what that was 2003 that Disney documentary right that was part of the Disney nature series right about Atlantis yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure yeah. pretty sure uh, if I'm if I'm being honest still fall in the same boat on it have not none of this conversation has dramatically changed my opinion of, of these uh, of these UFO I will videos. say I just texted my dad who was in the Air Force is an aircraft mechanic so aerospace is kind of his thing, and he, his his response is actually pretty interesting. Um, okay, he's I'll, also I'll a huge sci-fi fan. He is um, so yeah, which is delightful. I love that about your dad. Huge sci-fi fan, but also does not trust the government at all. So that this is where this kind of intersects. Um, these types of videos <clears throat> are always grainy and obscure. I don't know if the sensor slash camera package on military planes can record anything other than thermal imagery. Actual HD real-time video seems to be avoided. 
Someone may be testing some new technology and knows high-quality video won't be used and details won't be revealed. Granted, the behavior of these objects is not ordinary, which makes me think drone technology. Yeah. So I think there that's... It, from an expert. I think, I think that's a pretty, like, if this is not aliens, I think the most likely scenario is somebody's drone technology. We can poo-poo our techn- technological advancements all day, but sometimes people do actually make you know, quantum leaps, whether that's American or, or otherwise. So it's, it's, this is still possibly from earth. Although I definitely like the idea and I think it makes sense that these are like, you know, high, high tech uh, drones from another planet. that's doing some surveying. Like, you know, we, you could, you know, if you develop us another like hundred, 200 years and you can probably stick a decently smart AI onto some sort of, you know, spaceship or, or I mean, even drone, a drone, even our own drones are really getting to that point. So it makes sense. You can send that out and gather whatever you need. Yeah. I mean, to, to be quite honest, uh, I feel like the next, you know, couple like Mars missions are probably going to have something like that. And we're not just going to send a rover. We're going to send a rover that can launch a little drone. It can just, you know, take some aerials. Um, because I mean, that's the next, you know, step in this kind of, you know, automated technology. And there's no reason, you know, why it couldn't work there. I mean, the atmosphere is similar enough. I'm sure that we could design something that's, you know, robust and can uh, get us some interesting pictures, you know. Because um, right now, basically, we're just crashing into shit. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> theoretically, uh, if you have a civilization that's just, you know, a few thousand years more advanced than us or something like that, you know, technologically speaking, then maybe they can throw something that, you know, can actually just kind of like fly around in the atmosphere and, you know, actually collect some data and then maybe, you know, return even intact over time. Um, that's something that presently we can't do. Um, but I can't really rule that out. Uh, but I, I think it would explain a great many things. It's just the uh, the notion of we've been visited by the representatives of other planets, but they're not intelligent beings. You know, they're just little robots makes a certain amount of intuitive sense, I think. I, I think it kind of it fits the profile of a lot of things that people have seen that they can't explain that behave a lot like the stuff in this video. It would explain why, like, well, it would, we're not talking, you know, to aliens right now on, you know, on Main Street, so why not? If they're here, why don't they say hello? Like, well, maybe they don't really have a way of doing that aside from, or they're just not interested in it. It's not what their technology is, is here to do. They're just fact-finding. And, you know, is it pre- prelude to invasion, though? That's the real question. Uh, also, for all we know, swarms of these things to terraform us and, and turn <laughs> our planet into an environment for them. And then well, we're really fucked. Well, I have a couple of thoughts on that. Let's, you know, kind of tugging on this thread a little bit more. Um, I mean, for all we know, they, they these are drones that were sent here and they weren't really expecting an advanced civilization to be here because if these are aliens and they're really fucking far away. Um, and so they've. For all they know, the last time they looked this way, it was just like this kind of like lush, watery planet that might be another good place to settle. So it could be something, you know, maybe in, in impending uh, invasion. But uh, they really could just be checking out what's going on with this planet. And if they get images back from this, they might be very surprised to see that we're here. Well, and I think to, to kind of tug at that thread a little bit more, too, like we don't know what kind of technologies at play here. Uh, as far as we're aware, scientifically, there are some fairly firm rules for how travel through space and time works. And mm-hmm. given what those rules are um, and how far away they could potentially be, 
who knows how long it took for these things to get here, or how long it'll take for them to transmit that data back. Uh, and that is uh, definitely an interesting question, because, yeah, it's entirely possible maybe this isn't the first round. Maybe they've had a look in the past, and uh, we were just kind of flopping around on a beach somewhere, you know? Like, a lot can change in a couple million years, and mm-hmm. when that's the time frame you're looking at to get one of these little pods here, who knows? Uh, so that's, you know, that's an interesting thought. Going down this road of this is possibly some sort of craft from another planet or another species, there's also that possibility that for all we know, these things are attempting to communicate. I mean, we only understand mm-hmm. what carbon-based Absolutely. biology looks like. Who's to say that they don't have a completely separate form of communication outside of what we understand? We know how sound waves work. We understand how an eardrum works and how those things all interact. But who's to say that there aren't entirely different organs grown by this species that communicate in vastly different ways that we have no way of actually perceiving as well. For all we know, they're flying around shouting, hey, hey, come to this planet, we're welcoming you, and we just have no way of knowing that that's what they're telling us, you know? It's definitely true, yeah. I mean, uh, as as you pointed out at the very top of the episode, Adam, like these, you know, uh, if, if there are indeed alien intelligences that we're dealing with here of some sort or another, uh, they're going to be exactly that, alien. And they are going to be uh, exhibiting patterns of behavior that are going to be completely foreign to us. I mean, like, you know, evolving on a different planet with a completely different set of, you know, uh, evolutionary forces that are are pushing on them. Uh, They're bound to come up with uh, entirely different forms of communication and, you know, and motivation and all the things that are, you know, common to us that we think are just kind of because we're sort of narcissistic being the only species like us on this planet. Uh, we kind of project that out onto other potential intelligent life, but there's really no reason to believe that they would map onto, you know, our form of sentience. Right. And I this mean, is, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, this, I was this just is... going to say like to, to, to tie it together uh, with what you're saying, Hans is, you know, uh, it could, in fact, be just, you know, these are silicon-based life forms that started out that way. And then, or or even that this is a uh, species that started out organic and then became synthetic over time in a way that, you know, potentially even humans could do over a long enough time span. This kind of, you know, merging with the machines that we create. It's sort of like an evolutionary cheat code. I think if you're advanced enough, this is the kind of thing that you would at least look into as a sentient species is trying to, you know, advance your longevity and, you know, extend the reach of your civilization beyond your own planet. If they are older than us, or let's just say more mature than us in a kind of, you know, theoretical, you know, galactic civilization model kind of way of thinking about this, then uh, they could all be machines. And that, you know, uh, makes it an even more interesting kind of encounter. Right. So there actually are here. They just, maybe it's just like sightseeing. It's like, yeah, this time to go see this life bearing planet. And now we're on to the next one. I mean, who knows? Um, I think it's important to look at that kind of intelligence with, uh, with a more open mind where it's a consistent beat in a lot of science fiction and horror, uh, this intelligence that you can't know. And therefore it's more horrifying than you can comprehend. I mean, we see this trope pop up in things like War of the Worlds, where that early framing of the Martians has them kind Mm. of pictured as like, well, 
It's this malevolent intelligence just on a level that you can't even really wrap your mind around. Or right. you see this in a lot of Lovecraft, where there's, right. again, like, the th- these things are pretty messed up. And, yeah, yeah, like, whatever they are, you know, you can't even... You can't even think about it, man. It's that messed up. <laughs> right. And, I mean, you'll melt your mind if you see right. uh, Cthulhu in person. I was saying, Neil Crest Tyson is very, very fond of putting out, like, you know, the ant by a highway metaphor. Yeah. Well, and like, I think there's a so. reason for that kind of metaphor, but I almost wonder if there's a different way to frame it that isn't as scary, uh, because... It doesn't even necessarily mean they're that much more advanced or evolved than us or whatever. It could just be that they're that different. Like, uh, you know, the difference between, like, say, a dolphin and a and a puppy. You know, it's like they're they're both kind of on this plane. You know, somewhere on a separate rungs, and like, how would they comprehend each other? Maybe it's more like that than an ant and like and like a car. And so, who knows? Um, I, I think it is interesting to think about, and I think it's important not just to immediately assume the worst. Um, now, I mean, to be fair, we would also get creamed, absolutely creamed, in a war with the rock people. Because rock people, not being <laughs> biological entities, they don't have to think with their pebbles like we do. And right. that gives them an innate advantage. I mean, also, I'm going to be honest... I've read enough Lovecraft to know that if we're opening a portal to Cthulhu and to his world, yeah, I'm gonna just, you know, bow down now. I feel like it's the best option. <laughs> Welcome the old ones. Just because I know Right, there's it, no you know? winning in that situation. And again, um, well, I'm also gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate against what I was talking about earlier and what you were talking about, James. Of like, obviously, human exceptionalism is a thing. We like to ascribe that all their life is gonna follow how we think and feel and act. Um, but I, I don't know that there's a hundred percent, no basis for other intelligent life, not behaving um, like us at least a little bit. Cause I think other intelligent life's going to have to go through a similar form of evolution, even if it's based on like a different substance or whatever, which means that natural selection is probably going to play a part on that planet too, in some form or fashion. And so I, I can see similar motivators emerging for intelligent life and for life in general as to what we have, um, and therefore creating some of the same systems, same same kind of mental systems that, that would, you know, um, be actually pretty relatable. I mean, in fact, if something is jetting a uh, probe across the galaxy or, you know, across the stars to come see what we have going on for whatever reason is going to have at least some semblance of something that we can kind of recognize. At least maybe some knowability to other intelligent life. Right now, what we understand, we, we classify, and in, on a fairly base chemical way here, we classify organic and inorganic. And what that means is carbon-based or non-carbon-based. And everything that we know is, again, all based around evolution out of these carbon-based beings. And that that's where I start to kind of go, it could be something vastly different from us that that is in fact unknowable because what if it's a planet that grew up out of I don't know mercury people <laughs> like there's for some reason mercury is the substance that started everything I mean what you're right about like you know what natural my selection about the mercury people is though Hans their relationships the, are really fluid <laughs> uh, they are they're very fluid people 
Um, if you ever make a pun like that at me again, I am leaving. <laughs> yeah, but they're also, they're also pretty toxic, on. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Where's the room temperature joke? We got one of those yet? <laughs> Is there one of those coming in next? Hans, you lied to me. You said you would leave. <laughs> I'm done with you all. I'm done with you all. Anyway, so... <laughs> to th- <laughs> to it though to to the point of it though just simply that I, I think that there is a possibility that we could see something that is truly unknown there are some things that we say are universal truths but again we only say them because of the perspective that we have on them there's nothing saying that in the other side of the universe things are very very different from what they are here i think true i think there are definitely things out there that maybe are truly unknowable to us um, as we are now, I don't think those things are sending us probes or coming to visit. Yeah, Maybe they I, mean, are. I, I think I, I, I mean, would, I agree with you on that. I don't yeah. think they are, either, quite <laughs> frankly. But. I, I see what you're getting at there, Adam, because, you know, at the very least, if something is sending a probe, I mean, hell, we made probes, right? So there is a, there is a sense of, you know, uh, some kind of similarity just there. So if it is, you know, because that's the thing, too, is like these were engaged in a kind of a tete-a-tete with these military aircraft and they didn't like destroy them you know they they just avoided them right. and i think that says something about if they are behaving the way that our scientists today try to behave there is a sense of oh we don't want to interfere we don't want to cause conflict we don't want to like destroy the habitat that we're trying to investigate you know you're trying to behave ethically you know and i i think that's plausible uh, based on what we've seen of of this kind of phenomena that, you know, that's not here to destroy. It's here to investigate for some reason. And uh, that is it's kind of comforting. And I think that's, you know, getting to the other point that I want to make here as we come up on the hour mark is that what is fascinating about the way that we project all of our own narratives into this kind of unknown, you know, uh, phenomena like the uh, like these Pentagon videos is, you know, we have all these priors that are, are tinged with a certain emotional qualities, certain cultural qualities. And I think part of the reason why we're not talking about this in any kind of excited way and why everybody's just too exhausted to really engage with it is because of the cynicism that has really gripped American culture, is that we, we, we lack a sense of, of progression and optimism towards something better. There is a lack of vision. There's a lack of... Uh, of enthusiasm for the future and in the potential of, you know, of, of our children or children's children to inherit a better world. I mean, we see this in everything from the, you know, the rhetoric around, around climate change isn't a problem solving rhetoric. It's an apocalyptic rhetoric. Uh, the, uh, the rhetoric around artificial intelligence isn't a problem solving or a potential like, wow, we could make life better for everyone rhetoric. It's a it's going to probably, you know, turn us all into paper clips kind of rhetoric. And this this is pretty true across the board. I mean, like we've we have seen this sort of reaction, this cynicism appear on the left, on the right and in the, the cultural mainstream. And it's something that really bums me out because and Ben, you can really attest to this. You know, we grew up with this, you know, absorbing all this media you know, Star Trek in particular, that had this very kind of sunny view of the of the future that humans could create for themselves. And personally, I'd like to think if there are alien beings that are visiting us and they're not hostile, like I don't think these things are, are hostile at all, then that's deeply comforting to me that there are other beings out there that are the very least curious 
curious enough and concerned enough about us that like they're not going to solve all of our problems, but they they think that we're worth paying a visit and that you know per- perhaps if we were to stay the course, we can achieve what they've been able to achieve. We can send machines like theirs to them maybe someday. And I think that's something that is worth thinking about and worth, you know, even though it's just one of many possibilities to consider with this phenomenon, it's something to, I think, uh, encourage in the popular imagination as opposed to going to the government cover-up. Oh, there's an impending invasion. Oh, it's just a distraction, some kind of cynical explanation for it. Uh, or it's just a glitch and we're all desperately alone in the universe. Frankly, I if I'm going to tell myself any kind of lie, I would prefer it be a comforting one. Well, and to kind of springboard on that, too, I think that there is an issue with uh, a kind of a failure of uh, not only vision, but empathy. It is one of those quirks of, uh, especially here in the West, it's something we protect onto others constantly where it's like, well, it's good when we do it and it's bad when they do it. So like probes ran all of the uh, the kind of fear around that. Like, what if they're probes? OK, well, we'll mean send probes. They're bold and heroic and brave and scientific. It's a testament to the human uh, spirit and our, our will to achieve. Look at that probe going out there into the galaxy, just plucky little thing finding its way. But alien probes, bad scary, ominous, probably wants to do things to your butt. That's just the way we think about (laughs) probes. Um, And like, you know, like I'm joking, but I'm kind of not. Like, I think that framing is vital. It's bad when they do it. It's bad when it's the other. Because we understand our motivation, but we don't understand theirs. And not wanting to bridge that gap can often lead to tragedy. Not just in hypothetical human-alien relation situations, but here on Earth, when we're dealing with our neighbors, we assume the worst consistently. We're always panicked. We're always paranoid. Like all of this bullshit COVID-19 rhetoric about, oh, God, China poisoned us. No, fuck that. China didn't poison you. It's, it's a virus. OK, like here we are in this situation where we should have this unifying threat. And, I mean, all we can really conclude is, well, I guess the ending of Watchmen was wrong, wasn't it? I guess that plan, you know, it didn't really work. Like, if you did all that stuff with the squid in Times Square, well, we'd still be pointing fingers at each other. Alan Moore was wrong. Maybe he was a little too optimistic with the ending of Watchmen, which is a (laughs) weird thing to say out loud. But, I mean, here we are, and we're still blaming each other when we have a threat right in front of us that isn't even human. And that's where the mind goes. We've got to break that. We've got to break that cycle. We've got to get to a point where we're more willing to engage and understand the other. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong on that. It's unfortunately, I think there is this tribalism that's so inherent to human nature that we see things like this and that's how you get this very quick knee-jerk reaction of, oh, it's UFOs, or oh, it's not UFOs, or it's this, it's that, it's the other. And again, extending the point that you were making there, Ben, I think it's exactly why we point fingers at one another, even in a time like now. I think that that inherent tribalism, though, is something that is so very difficult to break out of that habit. Impossible? Eh, Probably not. I think it's doable that we one day could break out of it, but for the time being... Unfortunately, we're stuck in a situation where we point fingers and we constantly shift the blame because it's 
seems a bit too difficult for us to be able to look inward or at the people surrounding us, accept our responsibility in something and expect others to accept their responsibility as well. That's what I'm saying. That's fear, Hans. Fear is the mind killer, man. (laughs) Oh, no, that's not fear. That's just called pessimism. I don't really believe in the human race all that much. So here we are. (laughs) Well, let's just hold up the signs now. Better things aren't possible, folks. (laughs) Adam, you want to give us uh, your final thoughts? I guess I can just kind of go with like what I think these things are just kind of going off of that, that thread. Um, I think it'd be cool if it was aliens. I don't know if it'd be 100% comforting, because it could be something else. Like, it could be, you know, they're taking pictures so they can invade later. Don't know that that's the case. Um, but I, I, I think it's actually more likely, weirdly optimistically, that it is something that uh, we, that somebody on Earth has made. Some kind of drone and some sort of uh, really cool theoretical technology um, has been figured out. Unfortunately, that means it can be weaponized. But fortunately, it also might mean we get some other cool stuff out of that, too. So I'll just come somewhere. You know, I'm not totally optimistic, uh, not totally pessimistic about all this. Um, and I guess we need to kind of bounce off the uh, talking about the tribalism that we that we have been harping on. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we could use some some comfort in optimism and maybe something to help us uh, unite. The thing about COVID is that we can't shoot it with a gun. So, of course, we're not uniting against it. It's pretty true. There's a lot of there's a lot of things we can shoot with a gun, and we still don't manage to unite against those either. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah, yeah. Fair points. Fair points. All. So uh. yeah, I mean, oh yeah. So yeah, on the note of there being, you know, potentially somebody out there is testing some technology, you know, here on Earth, uh, and that it can do the kind of stuff that these things can do. Yeah, I'd say that's reason for optimism as well. <laughs> Because it is pretty fucking impressive. Um, so, I mean, honestly, this whole thing does make me feel optimistic. I, I think it, it, it adds some wonder to the world, especially at a time in which, you know, uh, there is reason to be depressed because we are in the middle of this pandemic still. Um, it's it's good to know that this is a wild and complicated and mysterious universe and that there are many secrets uh left to uncover obviously or else you know we'll give you some answers in this and we clearly did not so (laughs) thanks there's nothing yeah yeah right uh so thanks for uh thanks for joining us um please subscribe to uh to uh, this podcast on Spotify or on Anchor.fm or on YouTube, uh, the uh, Treacle Up channel, uh, and support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash James Treacle. My handle on Twitter is at James Treacle. Yeah, if you just uh, feel a little bit masochistic, you can follow me at at Don't Ask Jeeves. Why am I called that? Well, it's right there in the title. You don't need to ask. But uh, also, definitely do subscribe to that. Uh, support us on Patreon. Um, please, for the love of God, free us from the shackles of our lousy day jobs. <laughs> You'll find me over on Twitter as well, at HansJaeger90. Uh, I wish I had a clever reason for why I'm called that, but I feel like that's pretty obvious at this point. You'll see some stuff about tech from me, because that's mostly what I talk about in my free time. He so. pretends he's normal, but he's the heir to the Jaeger fortune. Oh, boy. I once <laughs> tried to convince a bartender in Nashville of that. That's a long story. <laughs> and I'm uh, at Adam the Bailey. 
because there are a lot of Adam Baileys in the world, but I am the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, uh, you know, my my Twitter feed is kind of a, a mixed bag of a lot of things. It's sort of like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. Really, it's more like a bag of potato chips because it's mostly just nothing. Um, and me not posting anything. Um, <laughs> Damn, that was good. <laughs> and uh, thank you. And uh, I recently released a short film that I tweeted out in there. So if you want to go watch that, that'd be cool. Yes, yes, uh, Salamander. Salamander, uh, really good, man. And that, that man, I was so happy to see that. Oh. Me too. It's got some good fire effects, uh, and it's got a nice, I guess, call it heartwarming story. That so may be good for yeah. these times. So uh, it's, a, it's a young woman figures out how to control her pyrokinesis in the woods. Nice. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Come to grips with your own potential. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's really well done. Yeah. Thank you. I was really happy to see how it, how it turned out. So, yeah, I think it's a good note to end on. Uh, thanks again for joining us, everybody. We'll be back here next week. I'm Hans Jaeger. Ben Grimes. Adam Bailey. And I'm James Treacle. We're not experts, just normal people. 